Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the 10 Laws Podcast with East Forest. I'm Mr. Forrest. Thank you for joining us. This week I have a story of how the Headwaters album came to be. It's a really unusual story, at least I think so. And uh, the context of the happening definitely will inform the listening of it. But I think it has some interesting nuggets, whether you were to hear the music or not. So I'm joined in this conversation by my my sweetheart, Marissa Rada Wepner. And we get to talk about all things Headwaters, how that how that happened and the story of that evening, because it was recorded in, in one evening in a site specific place. We recorded this outside here at our house uh, before the tour, and it was a beautiful fall evening. And so, you know, we can't report on what's happening in real time. I tried to stack some of these podcasts in advance before the tour, because right now, God willing, we are on tour. And uh, that goes from November 1st until the 20th. So we got a couple more dates if you're listening to this. And we hope to see you. Everything from Santa Fe and Phoenix over to Austin, Texas, where we'll be ending. And I'm very much looking forward to sharing this ceremony concert series with you. You know, a lot of ways, the ceremony concert is uh, indicative of what happened in this Headwaters recording. But it was in a private setting and not in you know a typical performance space it was in a private home up on a mountain um you know, over a over a sunset with with friends and some strangers there too but a small group but you're going to hear the story here so we'll let you do that but thanks to everyone who's been able to make the tour and for spreading the word and all the lovely faces i'm sure it's been awesome <laughs> i'll be able to talk more about it uh maybe next week we'll be able to put a podcast out about it but go to eastforest.org slash tour and you can learn more about tickets and things like that. Uh, thanks to everyone on the council for supporting this podcast. It's patreon.com slash eastforest. That is the East Forest Council on Patreon. We do all sorts of fun things over there. If you have the ability to support, thank you so much. And for everyone who's on the council, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, being part of this community together. And uh, Journey Space, don't forget about Journey Space. It's an online platform for journeying, uh, online facilitation, a music guidance library. I'm probably going to add the Headwaters album in there too, uh, because although you might be able to hear that particular album on like Spotify or Apple, it's um, by using it within Journey Space and paying the appropriate little couple bucks license, you're then able to use it for commercial purposes in your psychedelic business or massage business, things like that. People might not think about that, but it's it's a way to get the proper rights uh, for music use. So, you know, check it out. Journeyspace.com. More than anything, it's a platform to help you and provide resources and support for your journeys. Okay, friends, last thing I'm going to say is as the holidays are coming up, you know, hope you have a great Thanksgiving and all that uh, and all the other holidays that we celebrate or you may celebrate. But if you're looking for gifts, this would be a great time to think about uh, some of the East Forest merch, if that's something. Another way we can support the project with our perfume oils, uh, whatever vinyl we've got going or, or garments. Check it out. That's that's all at eastforest.org. Okay, let's get into this conversation to tell you the story of the magic of Headwaters. Uh, cool. Cool, cool. So, the Headwaters album. Headwaters, named after a place called Headwaters. Yep. So I just wanted to take some time because it's kind of a cool 
happening, how it came to be. It wasn't your average, definitely wasn't wasn't a studio record. No, we've and, covered before what a studio record is in in previous podcasts. Yeah, and it also uh, came into being because I was playing a concert essentially for one of your retreats. Yeah, it was a little bit of like, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine, where you were like, I uh-huh. asked you, I said, sweetheart, sweetie, hey, I waited till you were in a really good mood and you were relaxed and I approached you with the idea of Well, what was the idea? Providing music. Let's get some, some context going. <laughs> that was the context. Oh. The context of the context. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was leading a retreat for my yoga teacher training students in Boulder, Utah at the ranch where we lead our East Forest retreats. Previously. <laughs> previously, where we have in the past. Many yeah. of you have been yeah. there. So fun. And I was bringing my yoginis down for a retreat. And I asked you if you would perform for us while we were there. And in the past, we've always had you perform in what we call the saloon, which is a place on the ranch that's set up for music performances and is amazing and ceremonies are there. Yeah, it has a nice sound system for dance parties or front of house sound system for performances. It's great. Yeah. And you wanted to make it fresh. So you're like, yeah, I'll play for your yoginis if we can maybe do it a little bit differently. What about we do it at the headwaters because at this other property in Boulder, there's a beautiful piano. Mm-hmm. that you love and you don't get many opportunities to share that piano with others. Right. And this, that's really what was the impetus for the whole thing. Yeah. The piano. There's this beautiful piano there. It's a, it's called the C Beckstein piano. It's, it was made in East Germany and there aren't many, uh, they're just excellent instruments, you know, instruments that come from, yeah, European pianos are great, but I kind of feel like the Eastern European ones are really special. Uh, anyway, we could talk about why that piano's been there in the first place. There's but, a home on this ranch. It's a cattle ranch. Yep. With It's the headwaters of, is it, what, is it the Escalani? No, that can't be true. It's the headwaters uh, of what? No, well, you know, a lot of those, uh, so it's owned by Ron Johnson, our dear friend. Shout out to Ron. We love you. And uh, Boulder Mountain goes up to 11,000 feet. And a lot of the uh, waters that come out of there become tributaries for things like the Colorado River. Okay. So, um, which is pretty amazing to think about. Yeah. So it is a spot that is the headwaters for things like, I think Deer Creek starts just above it. And I think there's three waterways and and maybe even a spring that starts there. Mm-hmm. Well, there's the waterfall. What's so funny is I just saw a video of myself from the first time I went there in 2017. There's a little hike up to the, the high waterfall. waters waterfall. Yeah, yeah, of myself sitting there randomly. I came across that. Cool. So, anyways, this property has the headwaters. It's a ranch. There's a beautiful home there. In this beautiful home is this piano. Yeah, and I'd say it's a couple hundred acres of land. It's at about 7,500 feet, so it's really high up. It's a lot of snow in the winter. Imagine like uh, you can see Boulder Mountain outside the windows of this house and then a large field, which right now has about 100 cattle on it that are grass fed. Uh, and then there's also pinion pine and some ponderosa pines that make up the national ford f- forest in the, in the boundary. Mm-hmm. A lot of elk come through there, a lot of wildlife. It's 
it, it's a place very alive with the weather. Big storms come through. It's very, very beautiful, very peaceful energy I find there. Yeah, and it's a big open room. And I had about 12 yoginis with me on my retreat. But additionally, my bestie, Celeste Bolin, who I do a lot of retreats with, she brought down with my daughter, Maya, a group of, was it six or eight I don't know. Teens, it seemed like a lot. <laughs> they were teenagers, but teens, teenage girls. Well, they's and they's and she's. Sorry, them's yeah. and she's. Teenage youth uh, uh, came down. I don't think there was anyone that identified as a man. No, so, there was not. Regardless, they're teenagers. There's, so there was yeah. a there was a, like a co retreat of teenagers with my daughter helping to facilitate with my best friends. They had the youth contingent, mm-hmm. and I had the yoginis, and we were bringing the kids there. And the yogis for this experience with you. And then you invited local friends as well. Well, sure. It's not a big town, 200 people or so. And so I was like, if we're going to go to the trouble of doing this uh, concert event ceremony, what we want to call it, opened it up to just a few key friends in town. And so so that's who's in the room, maybe 30, 40 people Mm -hmm. in total. Uh, Anyway. Uh, this is good because I think the context is actually important to understanding the music that emerged. So for myself, all I knew is I felt a calling and an urge to do an improvisational style concert slash ceremony focusing on that piano. Mm-hmm. And I don't, um, how do I put this? I don't consider myself a highly technical piano player. I just love pianos. I love the sound they make. I love to make sound with them. Uh, but I'm not, I haven't done maybe ever a concert where I'm just like, I'm going to play piano for y'all. <laughs> like, Well, you do that a little bit now. Now. You see, this was a big oh, moment for me. Okay. This is yeah. a big moment. Because this is the summer, it was the summer of 2020. Was it? Yeah, it was June no, it was mid-July 2020. Mm-hmm. That's when it was, mid-July mm-hmm. of 2020. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the COVID things and whatnot were happening. I had already had this retreat planned. We decided to move forward with it. Yeah. Right, right. So I wanted to do it. And uh, I set up my little Nord, little, I set up my Nord setup, my looping setup adjacent to the piano, uh, thinking I could make like just some really gentle pads or little loops that I could play on top of. And that was the main approach. And it was difficult to rehearse for this. I could only get in there a couple times because our friend Lance lives in this house. Mm-hmm. And Lance, every time I'd come in to <laughs> rehearse, it would be like watching golf or something on the couch <laughs> or, you know, shouting at the UPS driver, where's his package? <laughs> or, I love Lance, but I'm just saying, like, I felt like I was intruding. Yeah. And I, I needed to find a space and then start playing and singing and exploring an area I didn't know well. Which so, I imagine is vulnerable for you, and you kind of don't want Lance hanging around. Of course around. not. No, but I didn't want to kick him out. And then on top of that, <laughs> you know, it takes 20, 30 minutes to get there, and then you have to set up, and then you have to go home. It's, it's like, it's kind of a half your day. Just yeah. And then you get up there, and you're like, oh, this isn't going to work out. And moreover, I only had a week, maybe. True. You know, so basically, I couldn't really get the kind of rehearsal I like for the event, uh, which added to the the nerves. And you put it all together. I was very, very nervous. I remember. And that's a sign that it's a, it's a deep edge for me. Yeah. I mean, boy, was it a edge. And my edge was part of it was the rehearsal thing. I'm like, I'm doing a bunch of stuff here. I don't 
really feel comfortable in yet. And two, uh, the teenagers in the room. I know they made you very nervous. They do. Because yeah. you felt like they don't want to be here. They won't care. They're going to want to talk I or just, be on their phones or fall asleep. And what, what what happened? Was that true? No, no. They no. were Everyone was beautiful. But before we get into what the concert. Okay. Yes, I was, I was, I was fearful of judgment and like not being able to hold their attention with something so slow that what I perceived to be slow and, and patient because it felt like it needed to be exploratory the music and I was like that takes time sometimes to find the pocket and when you're in a, a ceremony space with plant medicine I feel we have all the time in the world because of the plant medicine and in some ways the time is good take your time we should have dosed all the teens then <laughs> just kidding just uh-huh. kidding <laughs> but in this space let's call it a hybrid uh, sort of like the public events where you know i don't know people come and so, it was also a shorter event people it was a couple hours right but i didn't even know how long it'd be no and i didn't and some people were just chilling and some people maybe did take medicine the point is not everyone's in that space Right, it's a mixed bag. Right, and so you have this interesting mixture of people you're trying to uh, hold their attention with music. Mm. And some, it's the first time they've ever heard you. And some are longtime fans. Like Ron's in the room, who's heard you a million times. I think Lance was in his bed. I thought was interesting. It's like you're so close, you could just come into the room. I kind of props for that. It's like, go be comfortable. (laughs) You can hear it. Yeah, lay down. But I I was so nervous. I was really feeling like I might fall on my face completely. And I just have to be like, you know what, guys? I thought I'd taken a risk here and it didn't work out. Can I didn't just say out. something then? I just want to honor you for your bravery. <laughs> Are we being get... serious? <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course I am. Okay, thank I you. I mean, you're saying how really terrified you were and you did it anyways. You're like, yeah. I might fall oh, man, on my was... face, but gosh darn it. Rada's counting on me. Everybody's here. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to take yeah. a risk. Yeah. And I'm I, so scared. Man, I just thinking about it, I just remember the whole week, I just felt on edge. I remember being in my men's group that week and talking to them about it. I was like, I feel like I'm at way up there on anxiety about this. And it just started to bleed into other things and how I felt. As it and, happens, yeah. 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 Well. Well, I honor you for your bravery. Thank you. Your skillfulness. Thanks for- Let's set the stage. So now it's the it's the night of, and uh, oh, it was probably near sunset, just before or something. Mm-hmm. And we're all gathered. It's a beautiful evening. The door is open. We're in a big room with vaulted ceilings and the pianos uh, on one side. It's a almost an eight foot, seven foot nine inches, uh, beautiful. As I said, piano. It's a beautiful instrument. You know, it's just I really learned something a long time ago. This is going to be obvious, but the value of a great instrument and how that alone is sort of what makes the music so wonderful. Mm-hmm. It, it can feed the simplest things can be so musical and, and you don't have to be, it's not the flourishes. It's about the tone and the sound. And so I remember standing up and saying, Hey everybody, I'm nervous. Uh, but this is about this piano. And I kind of just talked a little bit about just, you know, there's, nothing really amplified in the room except for these little gentle pads I'm going to make, but it's just coming out of this piano. There's tens of thousands of moving parts in this wonderfully crafted little wood and and shuffling percussive hammers and, and just what that meant and what we're actually hearing in the room. And it set the stage in that way for myself and for everyone. 
And then I remember I uh, walked over and started some kind of little basic pad. And I played the first chord. And it's what you hear on the record on the first song. So I did edit down the record to about 45 minutes, but I think I played a bit longer than that. Uh, and I just remember the moment I played that first chord, it felt like magic. And I realized what the role of the audience is. Like all week, the rehearsals had just felt like garbage. There's no magic. I just like, I don't know what I'm, I don't know. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm being fed the gift of these people's beautiful attention. Well, you just, spoke to that too. You spoke in your opening, like, please give me your attention. Yeah, but I felt this it. This is really important to me. And then they did that. They were, they were like, okay. And I was discovering it in real time the result. Yes. Which, to me, that's why it was such a special moment in time. And that's why the music flourished, because it was a kind of concentration of people's attention. I know that happens, you'd think, all the time at concerts, but you'd be surprised how people don't actually pay attention. Well, that's not surprising. We see that all the time when we go to shows at bars or nightclubs and there's the jabber or the people that are coming in and out or just like yeah. they're not focused on the performer or the performance. And the performer or the performance, they have to do a lot to really pull the attention in. Right. So this this was showing just that, the Is power. Is that noise bothering you? No. What noise? You mean the background noise? Yeah. Oh, it's fine. We'll deal. I mean, okay. so just to let people know, we're recording outside with a little mobile setup. Yeah, we're on the lanai. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're in the fall. Uh, the sun's about to go down. Final we're going to have to stop when that sun goes behind <laughs> that because it it'll get quite so cold. It was so warm. Um, so it just, it, from there, I just remember feeling grateful and just many times in the pocket just like wow whoa here we are one of those moments i remember and it got dark and there was this bat that was like by the window and you could hear like all the crickets and things outside because the windows were cracked behind me and i just remember it feeling like a really really special evening of music so i mic'd i had mic'd up the piano i think i had about uh gosh one two three maybe five mics on the piano Plus my vocal mic and then the, the two lines coming out of the Nord. So I had this eight channel or something recording. Uh, I just had a kind of a basic recording set up there. And I had this recording and I was like, well, I should play around with this. See what's going on in there. I did put it together. Became an album called The Headwaters. Uh, we were just finding the right time to put it out. It's four songs. Our friends at Calm put it out inside the Calm app first. And then yeah, that happened months ago. Uh, yeah, just a little bit. And they were kind enough to be like, yeah, and you can, it doesn't have to be exclusive. You can put it out. And I was like, good, because I want to. <laughs> I want to share it with Would you say it's a mini everyone. ceremony album? I, f I think of it as a, like a hybrid. I think that it is imbued with the ceremony energy. So I think it would work well. well it was in a ceremony. Right. But it was recorded but, it. Right. And that, but it was in that hybrid sense, you know, mm -hmm. kind of like the, the ceremony concert tour. Yeah. Uh, so in that way, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are differences, of course, but I'm my plan and thought would is going to be to also include this record as an hour-long piece. I'll stretch it out with some uh, field recording interstitial pieces, maybe an introduction for Journey Space. I think it'd be a really nice one-hour journey. Okay, so you could use it then. I think so. Yeah. I mean, bottom line is I haven't tried it yet, and you yeah. haven't, but. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm pretty confident because of how it was made, improvisational, 
and in a ceremonial context, those are sort of my guiding principles for creating music for ceremony use, journey use. And the participants in that moment, they were certainly on a journey. I mean, it worked in the moment, real time, then. Yeah. Deep experiences, sober or, you know, elevated. And the teens really loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I noticed how they were feeling really emotional, seeing some tears. They're kind of in the back. Mm-hmm. And that was touching to me, but also uh, it taught me some things about, I think I had that idea in my head, like, oh, this music's for adults. Until that moment? What? can't really think of a time i you know we've had the odd child or kid or this mm-hmm. or that at concerts but it's mm-hmm. different than a group mm-hmm. especially a group that your daughter and it's her friends so it, it just i you know expecting I, them I, to get sassy what yeah and i also well just you know the teenage judgmental like i know the kind of music that maya at the time was into it's like lizzo uh, and i don't know what else but i know lizzo she loves the grateful li- dead li- li- now not at the time wasn't that hadn't manifested for, through her boyfriend? Not as yet. fully, yeah, as it is now. But I, you know, just accept that they respect you, too. Well, I had to earn that respect, uh, and I appreciate them giving me the attention that I could like step up to the plate. And it's a real, it's a real example and homage to the power of our attention. Just another one, and and the gift that it is, and what it can do for creators, what it does for anyone, for anything. Probably even not people things, right? I mean, this is ancient wisdom. Energy flows where attention goes. Uh, it's just those are pointed ways where, as a creator, I felt it so strongly. I was like, oh, my God. This is like, why did I not know that? Or I had, to, you know, I, it's hard to trust that hmm. until you're just, it's happening. So the, what you realized is if folks give me their attention, then... Sort of the more attention you're given, uh, it's a kind of fuel. Yes. Uh, it's an absolute fuel for creativity. I would say, let me work this out. I would say in the same way, when an artist seems like to the crowd, their attention, the artist's attention is very focused. It amplifies what the audience is able. Right. It's a conversation. To give back. Totally. I, I've never been a Tori Amos fan ever there's actually i don't know i have judgment against it she's very talented being a teenager yeah yes when she was at peak moment Mm -hmm. but i remember once watching her perform and the like intensity which which she performed i was like oh this is why people are into her she performs sideways well it's almost like she's she's getting off on the piano bench like there's so (laughs) much energy There's so yeah. much energy happening. Yeah, yeah. In her that it was it was just like an aha for me. Well, like you ever seen video of Keith Jarrett playing piano? Yeah, he like stands he's, up on the like piano bench. He's like standing and sitting and gyrating his whole body. It looks so painful. So it like pulls you in as an for audience him, uh, member. Yeah. And then it's like it's a, a feedback it's, loop. It's a vector point or yeah. something. It's like a yeah, it's like a vortex for you to sucked into that thing if you allow it, if you want to. Mhm. There is absolutely an element of choice here and um, it just goes back to recognizing the things that we unconsciously give our attention to and the power that it's giving that and how it changes ourselves and other beings. But mm. I would imagine in yogic texts, and there's a lot about, this is the basics in a lot of ways. Well, that, what you said, 
where the mind goes, prana flows. That's that is an ancient yogic text. Yeah. Energy goes where the mind goes. Us weekly from the uh, Upanishads. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's just all like yogis at the grocery store, but drawings. <laughs> because they didn't look ha- at his look at his uh, tunic or whatever. <laughs> You're funny. Yogananda getting fat, you know. Oh, like bad cartoons? <laughs> it's like an political Weekly, cartoons. But back then, they had to draw <laughs> pictures. Well, because they didn't have photographs. Right. Now I get you. So paparazzi drawers. <laughs> There's falling around, like drawing sure as fast there was as they that. can. Well, that got amplified with the printing press. New fashion. That was like political revolution was the printing press and political cartoons. It's the beginning of the end. No. Exactly. <laughs> well, really, it's our path of progress the progress the path is windy uh but uh i'm just happy that the album is is out and i wanted to um, thank you for talking about because i wanted to provide a little context it's always better in conversation than just yapping about it yeah you bet it's not you of course you can just listen to it and you don't need context but i think it has hearing the story of how that was made it was it was a happening in a sense and it's only four tracks too Four tracks, 45 minutes, and, you know, it's it's very gentle and spacious and minimalist. And so sometimes I hear it and I think like, oh, I could do this or that. But I'm like, well, look, it, it was live, it was improvised, and that's what came out. I don't know. And I like I like how a place, like a sense of place, informs uh, music or creativity or art. And that, would, to me, is mm-hmm. a lot about the place of the people and the physical location of that land. And that energy, I have a lot of history too at that place. Yeah, you know, I I lived there for a whole season. Went I go there all the time, but I lived there uh, for a season, and so I, I really felt like I got to sink in with that spot a bit. And I find it to be very very blissful energy. In the album, <laughs> and on the land. Oh, in on the, the land. Lands. Yeah, that land. Yes, it's yes, totally yes. blissful. It's very calming. We spent Thanksgiving there. Yeah, with your mom and my and your brother. brother. Yeah, <laughs> she stayed there too for a couple of days. Yeah, we had Thanksgiving in the sh- in the shop. I love the shop. <laughs> I do because it's like it's like a loft and it's a workspace and it has one of those garage door things you can, you know. That was our COVID Thanksgiving, yeah. November of twenty twenty. That was great in the shop at Headwaters. I like that. Yeah, that <laughs> I remember at the end of the night of the the concert, it was really dark. Up there especially. Yeah. And I was loading out. Everyone had left. Even you had left. You just left. I was loading my truck. And just Ron is there with Brandy. And... <laughs> oh, my God. This is mortifying. I have, So I have various uh, pieces of luggage and cases that have my gear, right? And one of them is this carry-on that was blue that I had... That's all the, like, important stuff, and that's why I carry it on airplanes. And you've had it for how long? I had the history maybe, of this. Maybe 10 years or something. No. Maybe more. Lewis I mean, remembers it from New York. Yeah. It was your dad's luggage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he gave it to me. I needed something so I could start going to ceremonies at the farm way back. And I just kept using it's it because— your first piece of travel gear for yeah, sports. It's just regular—it's a Rick Steves— uh, bag it has you know it has like hard sides plastic on the inside but it's a soft on the top it's a roller bag it's a dad bag two wheels anyway I, I I used it because it worked and I could fit my things in like in this geometry that the TSA would you know always 
freak out. You, you put that thing through the x-ray and they're just like, what, you know, are, what are you doing? You know, a little pause. I'm like, what are you doing? And they're like, sir, you are hindering my job. And I'm, I'm not hindering your job. I'm asking you a question. What are you doing? You ask me what I'm doing. I'm traveling. Hey, take it See, down I get, a notch. I get worked up. I know. But I'm but just pausing your story for a second. Yeah. We've noticed you've had less TSA checks. I wonder if it's because you changed the bag. A little bit because the new, but let's talk about why I have a new bag. Because <laughs> that's what I'm getting to. Okay. So that okay. night, that bag, I placed it next to the truck. It was like, because it's important. It's, it's like the most important. The last one that'll go in, blah, blah, blah. It's the one I never leave out of my sight, yada, yada. And so I get in the truck and uh, I start backing up when I hear the old crunch sound and like <laughs> I, I hit something and I know where I am. I'm in this like open parking lot. There's no bush or there's nothing I could hit. And I'm just like, oh, no. Oh, no. And Ron heard it, too. He was in his truck, too. And he was pulling out. He gets out. He's like, did you did you well, what happened? And I was like. I walk over and I see my blue bag off. Like I'd I'd run it over partially. And I'm just like, why? 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 And Ron's like, oh no. You know, I'm like, it's okay, Ron, but it's not okay. Like I just did this whole concert for you. And now I'm like, I ran it over, you know, and like. It's like running over your child. Yeah. It's a very big deal. Yeah. And uh, I went home and I'm just like, oh, I assessed the damage, the bag's destroyed, and I had cracked like my audio interface. And um, But amazingly, nothing else seemed to be smashed at just that. And so I, I remember like emailing the company. It's like, is this broke? It still works, but because the, the, inter- the, the screen doesn't work anymore. And they're like, I think it's okay. It's just cosmetic. Anyway, point is, I had to get a new bag. So I did get a new bag, finally. Which we'd been asking for for years. This bag is kind of like a blankie. That's how it seems and looks. <laughs> like a blankie you've had for it most just of worked. your life. It just worked. But uh, the new one, I think maybe I get a little less stopped because it's a tiny bit smaller. And I've had to pack things in a way. I made sort of uh, Kaizen foam things. So mm-hmm. it's a little more organized. Well, you would get stopped pretty much every time through TSA with this blue yes, bag. Yes, and every single TSA person had a different lecture. And and after they finished with their lectures, they asked me what kind of DJ I am. <laughs> <laughs> and we have to go through that thing. And, I, and I, a lot of times I just start, I like, oh, you know, reggaeton, you know, I'm just going to another gig. <laughs> He'd be like, sweet. And they always would be like, you'd know, always be the musician dudes or gals. They'd be like, days. Dude, I make some music too. It's pretty awesome. You know, like, let me look you up, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what's your music name? We're making that. contacts in the TSA line. We're ne- yeah, we're networking. Okay. This is like LinkedIn. So now do you miss it then, being stopped every time you go through TSA? Uh, no, but I, I am still stopped. <laughs> Not Sadly. nearly as much. Uh, well, anyway, so I don't know. Maybe that was a gift. That was like, I don't know, but it was a gift, you know. Well, the gift is you're not carrying your blankie around anymore, and you have a better piece of pe- looking piece of luggage, and you're not getting stopped. <laughs> this, the new one's made of metal. I don't know if that would have stopped the truck rolling over it, but it's like got a hard side all the way around. Which is kind of what you wanted. And I'm sure there's listeners out there being like, why don't you just get a Pelican case? And the, and there are reasons. They're boring. You don't want to know. It's too small, too He's heavy. He's looked blah, into blah, blah, it. Blah. Yeah, yeah. They're quite small, actually. He looks into all the options. Don't I don't like it. You know, believe me, it's the thing I like least about this job is the, what I've had to do logistically for traveling. 
it's, it's can be very difficult with flights to figure out how to get your gear from A to B. Well, I think most people have turned off the podcast by now. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Headwaters was out on 11-11, if all went according to plan, uh, which is an auspicious date. Before we close, may I ask you, does 11-11 have any meaning for you? I mean... Do you play with that number? Do you see it? I think any repeating number, because... Any repeating number? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can look at as significant. It's like, a, ooh, 444, four, four, five, five, five. It's like a wink. 333, 222, You got a thing with 27, too. Yeah, but that's my personal oh, jazzy number. Oh, the others number. are more general. Yeah, these are generalized. I guess people call them angel numbers, if we want to go there. <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be frank. <laughs> the angels aren't fucking around numbers. They're just like... Well, it's I a get way the, I understand to give you the a message. No, I'm joking. I understand the sentiment. That's exactly to me what it feels like. It's it's a synchronistic uh, wink. Tell um, us about your connection to 1111 because you've got a deep connection. Well, it's just that. It's just that I feel like I've seen it at so many moments of poignancy that it's almost become laughable. And everyone's like, of course, because it was 1111. I'm like, it's not that. Yeah, A, it's odd that I see it at all. So it could be 11.12 or 11.10. And I understand confirmation bias. But it's more like, truthfully, there have been so many moments when that moment happens. It's when I'm saying something or something is happening or something is said to me or an email is opened or I have a certain feeling that's a culmination of something mm. that it's just like the more I've leaned into that communication avenue, I feel like the more it's used to speak with me yeah. in a very beautiful, subtle can you give way. us an example? Oh, it happens so often that I just... Um, I've got one. I mean, I think it happened today, actually. The eleven eleven today hit me. I usually see it as like whatever I'm doing, I just kind of pay more attention. It's yeah. like, oh. Do you make oh. any sounds? Because I do like a ringing of a bell sound. Yeah, you go ding, ding. I do. I do. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> it's like Vegas for you. <laughs> no, it's more like the wrestling ring ring. It's like a turnbuckle ring, actually, if you want to know. Like, fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's a fight. Well, right. it's just like, it's just an indicator of a moment. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's my eleven eleven sound. You also do a gesture in the air, I think, and turn yes. your head to the side. Yeah, that's a celebration. I think that's the like TKO. What does that have to do with it? It's, oh, it's that's like a thing in the ring? I have no idea I why this comes I thought it was just Trader Joe's me. ringing the bell. That's what you thought about no, me? I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just, it's an implicit response means it just yeah. arises by itself every time 11-11 happens for me. I put my hands in the air, I do a little dance, turn my head to the side, <laughs> and say ding, ding, ding. <laughs> it's happened with us. Like we're in a conversation or something, and I'm like, when you just, I was like, it just turned 11-11, you'll be like, ding, ding. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Hiya. I don't know. What happened for you today? Um, this morning. I think I was, uh, let's see, I was rehearsing perhaps, and it was just one of those things where like a magical moment, and I don't recall checking the time other times, and okay. I was like, it was sort of a confirmation of that moment, and yeah, I've been playing a lot with uh, feeling held and giving it over to Maharaji, to something larger, to the universe itself, not holding the grip so tight, and so those are ways of feeling that you're heard. It's a wink. And I gotcha. Yeah. I'm holding you. Perhaps. Yeah. I see you. I sure. see you, Krishna. I receive it. I receive that gift. So 
look, it can be whatever you want it to be. I think that's the joy of it. Perhaps you're communicating with yourself in a sense. Um, I don't mean that to be right or wrong. Well, I would say you are communicating with yourself because that's yeah. all that there is. Mm. Well, thanks. Any, anything else we need to say before we sign off? Shh, Pepper, stop barking. Yeah, Pepper the dog. She's, she's protecting us, actually. Yeah, she's Here's killing some bad guys right now. <laughs> Thank God. Um, do I need to say anything else? No, I'm just looking forward to Headwaters. Nice date, picking 1111. It actually, did, well, it actually kind of just happened. How so? Well, it was supposed to be released months ago, so forth and so on, and it's been back and forth. I won't go through all the stuff on the back end. That's not fun. But eventually I said, like, I'd like to get this out. I'd like to get this out. And October couldn't happen. I said, let's get it out in November. And it was suggested we could do the 11th. And I was like, perfect. Well, this is a confirmation that you can trust the process and give in because you're trying to push to have it be done earlier and get out earlier. Yeah, and you finally surrendered. You, it ended up on 11-11, so Word. isn't that beautiful? It is. Yeah. Sure hope that happened. This has been recorded in advance, but... It'll come out. <laughs> amazing. It didn't. <laughs> Where's it the will. album, yo? <laughs> it's like, what are you guys even talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but thanks to Calm for putting it in Calm. Uh, that was fun, too. And I hope you all enjoy it. Let us know what you think. Uh, check out Marissa Rada Wepner if you'd like to have some coaching... Or some, uh, what else do you offer? Don't hire her. She's too busy. <laughs> That's the message. I do not go to MarissaRodaWebner.com. <laughs> She's too busy. I'm trying to slow down and simplify. One too many I, people want to hire you. You're, you're say, great. 11-11, um, 20, 20, oh wait. No, it was 2021. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. I'm getting dates confused. We were actually in the headwaters in 2021. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't 2020. It wasn't the beginning of the pandemic. No, you're right. It was 2021. Because you did a retreat. Yes. I I was going to say 11-11-2020 is when I started my yoga teacher training group, this 300-hour group that I'm finishing up. And I just want to say congrats to them Mm, because we just finished our last module together and now they are 500-hour yoga teachers and they've been it's been such a joy and a treat and just a beautiful experience well shout out to them because that's sort of how this happened and yeah shout out to them um and benji your son was almost born on 11 11 and you you were trying to hold your break your birth <laughs> no. to make it happen his birthday is 11 10 11. I know, I know. And you were I, like, I just like put no, some. No, that's not true. What actually happened is I went into labor on like the eighth. Oh, that's a problem. Or the ninth. Yeah. I was in labor like forty hours, and on eleven ten, I had even forgotten that eleven eleven. You didn't existed. know what day it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was even not even thinking about days. I was just thinking, get this baby out of my body. That's what I was thinking as quickly as possible because it's been a very long time. So. He was born on 11, 10, 11. And then, then afterwards, it's like, shoot, you needed to hang Damn in it. there a lot longer. You forgot about 11, 11. Yeah. You probably could have done it. You could have just told him, you know what? You were born on 11, 11. Well, for the longest time, I confused his birthday. And I would say he's born 11, 11. Well, it's all Gregorian, you know, whatever. He's he's in the window of 11, 11. There you go. He's I only like a few hours shy. He's 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 eleven eleven adjacent. Hey, and he's going to be eleven this year. Oh my god! 
11. Ding, ding. ding. (laughs) All right, folks. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you soon. Thanks for all the support. And uh, uh, for the last few dates on this tour, we hope to see you. Uh, you Go to eastforest.org and see what kind of tickets we got. And we hope you have a great holiday thereafter that. Keep walking your walk. Thank you, Radha. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Always good to talk. We'll do another proper Radha Krishna roundtable sometime soon and get into her world more as well. This song that you're hearing in the background is called Requiem, and it is the last song on the Headwaters album. If you want to hear it in better fidelity, you can download it from the Bandcamp um, at eastforest.org, which is in full uh, 24-bit. But even like a lot of things like Apple now are lossless, or title and so forth. You can better than this podcast audio, I'll tell you that much. But thanks for listening. Let us know what you think. Info at eastforest.org or just on the socials. Until then, you guys keep walking your walk. Don't take any shit, but if you do, just do it with grace.
谁？